Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. We're Eagle Auburn fans, and welcome to Tiger Tracks, your source for Auburn, cross-country, and track and field news and discussion. I'm your host, Jessica Loomis, and I'm here with my amazingly funny husband, Kyle, to discuss the FSU cross-country open. What on earth possessed you to say (laughs) funny? I mean, I agree with you, but like... Because every time I look at you, it makes me laugh. I... Let me just say here, pull the curtain back just for a minute here. Boost the Booster Club members will have access to a nice little outtake and blooper at the beginning of this show. So there you go. For those of you that are Booster Club members, it's uh, only taken us ten minutes to get to the beginning of the show. Yes, you, Jessica just started hilariously laughing at me for no reason. So I guess I have a very funny face. I don't. Know. You do, and you're just a funny person. I know. That's, Especially when I think about you running cross country, that would be comical. I, I can attest to that being very comical. Yeah, it's, that would. It's rough. It's rough. Yes. So you can be as hurtful and truthful as you want about that. That would be very truthful. So this week, let's talk about it. We are talking about, like I said, the FSU Cross Country Open. Whoop, whoop. So it took place at the. Appalachia Regional Park. Um, the men ran an 8K and the women ran a 6K. We've run there a lot, I yeah. feel like, in the past couple of years. And think, this is where the championships, the NCAAs, will be held later this season. Yeah. So it's always a great place to go, get your feet wet, learn the course for the newer runners who haven't run it before. Um, it's also a really great course for spectators, the visitors that come and get to see their kids running and, you know, or their friends or whatnot. Um, it's one of those courses that personally, as a runner, I hated, but it doesn't <laughs> sound like these athletes hated it. So I am under the mindset of Kyle Loomis, where when I run a course, I want to run it. I want every step of the race to be a different place. So okay. like no loops for okay. cross country. Right, right. Loops are for track. I get on the soapbox every year. <laughs> this course has a couple loops, um, but to each their own. That's just personal preference. It's kind of like, I don't like running in sand traps. And, you know, that's Kyle's soapbox. Yeah. But so, again, just back it up for maybe like people are new to sport, maybe listening for the first time. Traditionally, there's two ways you can run a cross-country course, right? Where it can be completely different the whole way. Yep. Or it can be set up on a loop. Right. And on different courses, terrains, whether that be a park, a golf course that we've done that. Which I love. Jessica, you hate the loops because it should be a tracks exclusive thing. And that's exactly it. I hate the loops because what the, you know, we talk about this all the time. Cross country runners have to be really intelligent and it's a very methodical sport where you're thinking about where you expend energy, how you expend it, how often, how exactly. Fast. Look at me learning things. Exactly. You're looking, you know, it's not just let me go out and run like Forrest Gump and be as fast as I can. No, it is logical and methodical and if you want to get that PR you've got to know your splits and if you're running a loop every other cross-country runner too is doing the same thing already but it makes it easier for them to pass you or to know the course really well and you want there to be a small element of surprise even when you get there a couple days early for the mate and you run the course you know there's still always a small element of surprise and so the reason you say that this is great for spectators because of the loop that means runners run by several times so it's not like 
you know, you see them one time and then it's done. Right. Which is, so that's the problem is so like my favorite courses are terrible for spectators. Right. Because you see your, your loved one run by once and you're like, yay, never mind. I've always wondered that like in marathons and stuff like that. Right. You know, it's like you spent all this time getting to that one spot to see them for 30 seconds, maybe. Yep. But this is, you know, and it makes sense that they would pick it for, you know, something like NCAA champion. Oh yeah, absolutely. Later, later this season, yeah. Well, and it's a great course. It's got some hills on it. You know, it's not completely flat. Which like, is weird to think about it being in like the panhandle of Florida. Right. And they're actually being hills. But well, I mean, you know, there's hills everywhere, just not as, as much as where we live. <laughs> that's, that's very true. Um, we are in the mountains. So. Somewhat. Right. Foothills of the mountains. So the other thing about this meet was it was super humid at that time. So it had just, you know, A, it's Florida and B, it had just rained. So, you know, thank goodness the athletes got to compete in the morning. But, uh, you know, we heard that it was just a really humid, sticky day. Let me pick your brain as a former athlete in these fields as well. And we're going to get to the results here in a second, but I'm just curious. So let's assume you personally had run through these type of conditions forget the humidity because mm-hmm. i mean obviously that makes it tough on the type of terrain on the type of courses that you would run as a cross-country athlete how much more difficult does it make it if it's just the ground is soaked i mean are you running through mud a lot or do they try to avoid that or is they it try just- to avoid that um as much as possible. Sometimes, obviously, there's courses where you just can't. Right. You come out with the mud all the way up to your knees, and you're just, like, slogging through it, mm. which is kind of fun. It, but it, it if really you're not co- trying to get that PR. It kind of feels like that. What's those uh, events? Oh, uh, the mud runs. Well, or mud the Ironman. Ironman. Or, you know, that's what it kind of yeah. obviously has a kind of, you come ready, you look like you're coming through war that's or something it. like that. Well, and sometimes, some of these races, even if there's not necessarily mud, but you think, like, if they've just recently mowed the grass and then it rained, that's, you've got, like, wet grass well, covering And that's you. what I'm thinking about, too, is it's not even the mud part of it, too, but, like, if you've got just, like, a, on a golf course, for instance, I can yeah. see a situation where there's, like, a thin film of water over it and it becomes almost a slip hazard you know no because you're wearing cross-country spikes oh that's right see these are the things you're not in your walmart tennies like you've got spikes see these are the things that someone who is you know not as well versed uh you know i i'm representing the layman i appreciate that hey and we forget these things so that's a great thing to remember here and you have to also remember these athletes are running so fast that it really a little wet ground it's not going to slow them down it's not going to slow down their time now if they're running through mud clearly that's going to affect their times yeah, but every, anything would affect me so they're still awesome same same so let's start talking about some results how the auburn tigers did yes you want to hit us with some men's results let's do that so obviously as we prefaced at the first meet you could expect more teams probably stiffer competition and that's about what happened here. So there are 26 teams total that competed for the men. Auburn finished 10th overall as a team with a score of 271 points. Remember, lower points means you do better. It's like golf, right? Right. Which is still, we had this conversation last week. This throws me off every single time. I know. It's but weird. But I was really proud to see that the men came in 10th. That was Coach, it is. That was Coach Kent's goal yep. for this week was top 10 for the men. So, hey, met the goal. I, mean, I love th- it. And think about that. You know, you, when you step onto a bigger stage like this after the meet where you did win, or, you know, it was the men who got first place and the yes. women got second last time. Uh, and you stay in the top 10. You know, you're in the top, more than the top half. I'd say it was this close to the top third. Yeah. I'm getting close, 26 teams. I'm doing quick math in my head there. Proud of you. 254 men competed in this race. Yeah, that's so it's a lot of people. people. Jeez, that's a lot of people. It's a lot of people on the start line. And, 
you know, just a lot of people on those back trails. And I know it's not the same for every team, but that's roughly, if you do math and assume things, it's 10 people for roughly 10 people. Great job. You know, look at me doing math using Great my Auburn job. degree. All right, let's talk about how individually these guys uh, finished up for us. Remember, the top five actually score points towards those 271 points. We'll start off with Ryan Kinane, who finished well, first overall for us in terms of individuals, but he finished 37th overall with a time of 24 uh, minutes, 56.5 seconds. So this is a PR for him by 22 seconds. So Jessica, roughly, 20. roughly 22. So can you set how big of a difference is That's that? That's a it? huge PR for him. Now, his PR was set last year. I believe it was at SEC Championship. So it's been a solid amount of time. For him to train for this new PR. Yeah. Um, so he's really taken a step forward this year. Huge. Yeah. I mean, to be sub 25 minutes in the 8K is pretty significant. Um, so really excited to see what he's going to do the rest of the season. Hey, Auburn fans. I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Let's run through the rest of everybody here. Tommy McDonough finished... 40th overall with a 25-minute, uh, 1.3-second finish. Yeah, and so, like, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, no, but you're... he's pushing that 25, you know, sub-25 yeah. mark, too. So you got two guys that are really trying to fight hard to be in that category, as you said, really good for that yeah. sub-time yeah. there. That's that's pretty good. Uh, Cooper Atkins finished 71st overall with a time of 25 minutes, 45.5 seconds. Uh, Jackson Thomas, 88th overall, 25 uh, minutes, 59.8 seconds. And then we got Carson Bedix with a time, uh, or finished, in, uh, and then we got Carson Bedix who finished 92nd overall with a time of 26 minutes, 5.4 seconds. So those are all of the athletes that scored points for us, right? Is that how we have it now in the, mm-hmm. the top five there? Now, we did have three other competitors who we did have competing, but obviously didn't score towards it. Evan Rogers, we've been very familiar with Evan over the years. Uh, 160th overall, time of 27 minutes, 28 seconds. Benson Atkins? Cooper Atkins. Benson Atkins. Any relations? I'm thinking. It's a great question. That is a great question we'll have to find out an answer to. I don't know. That's, that's, it's, we've had the Rogers family here. You know, We'll figure that one out. Benson Atkins, 171st overall, 27 minutes, 52.9 seconds. And then finally, Mark Foster, 
199th overall with a time of 28 minutes, 33.2 seconds. So everyone finished in the top 100. Top 200. Top top 200, excuse me. Which I know that doesn't sound like a big thing, but there's still 55 more athletes, more runners, that didn't finish better than an Auburn Tiger. Yeah, exactly. So overall, I mean, personally, the men... I'm pretty happy with it, to be honest with you. And I'm not saying that this is the best that we can do, but I, when you go from winning a less competition, in our opinion, uh, in the first meet, and you stay in the top 10 and bigger groups, more athletes, stiffer competition, I'm happy with it. Absolutely. So moving on to the women. So the women's race was actually bigger, 290. If that wasn't enough, the women. <laughs> right. 290 ladies on that start line and the finish. Mm. So... They finished 11th overall out of 29 teams versus the men's 26. Three more teams than the men. Um, Yeah, and they had an overall total of 317 points. So starting out the women for scoring was Samantha Rogers in first place for Auburn and 58th place overall with a time of 22 minutes, 46.4 seconds for that 6K. Then we had Sarah Pacer finishing 69th in 22.54.8 seconds. Then Presley Weems in 73rd in 22 minutes, 58 seconds flat. Then we had Haley Porterfield finishing at 84th in 23 minutes, 14.4 seconds. And the last of the scoring Tigers for Auburn was Hannah Thuss in 104th place in 23 minutes, 29.8 seconds. And then the last, sorry, were you going to say something? What I was just saying that, you know, I, I think it's interesting, those top three for us right there. They're yep. what I would consider, again, someone who is not as familiar with the sport and is learning. 22 minutes, you've got, or you got Samantha at 22.46. You've got Sarah at 22.54. And then even closer, Presley Weems right behind her at 22. 22- 58. We always talked about, like you even talked about in races before, like groupings. Yeah. You know, like having someone to follow, to run with almost. And that seems like a big, a good group there. It was. And so Coach Kent actually talked about it this week. Um, and he talked a lot about, like for the men, Ryan and Tommy and how they kind of pack ran together. And I know the first of the men's race, a lot of the guys ran together just to try to, you know, the more you can stay together, the better your overall team score is going to be as you can, mm-hmm. you know, scoot up and block some people and, you know, keep your score as tight as possible. So it really looks like the women have done that as well. Um, even like with Presley and Haley, 73rd to 84th place, that's not that significant when you've got 29 teams overall to right. compete with. Um, if it was a small meet, yes, that would be more significant. But this is, I think that's really great. Um, and then our last runner for Auburn was Louisa McPherson, who we're really familiar with mm-hmm. as well. Um, she finished in 123rd place in 23 minutes, 50.4 seconds. Some other things that I've noticed here I'd like to point out is, you know, lowest finisher, even though it wasn't the scoring one, was 123 out of those, uh, was it 290? Yeah. Way more than the men. Yeah. And still they finished, all of them finished way higher than the men, but yet they scored lower. You know, I know there's more competition. Yep. Three more teams, do some rough math for me, almost 40 extra athletes, but that's... But you also have to look. Ryan finished in 37th. And that's fair. And Samantha finished in 58th. So that, and that's so why that's I was... So that's 21 point difference yeah. um, just off the bat, but... The other thing to look at is look at the women and look how close their times are. From 58th place to 123rd place is only one minute and four seconds. Yeah. Literally. So they were so close. I mean, out of a 6K, that's still really close. Mm. I I think that's a great start for the ladies for this season. 
really looking forward to seeing them improve. I think the men have really set the bar high. Um, and I think that, you know, the ladies can definitely meet that bar too. And listen, you know, when I make this comparison I'm about to, I understand that, you know, obviously we're, do, we're comparing men versus women and different distances and different yeah. competition levels and all that kind of stuff. So that's not what I'm, but, but I just still find it interesting. I like seeing patterns and things. Remember right. the men, won, men were one last time and women were second mm-hmm. overall, this time 10th and 11th. So they've both been basically at the same point and where they finished as a team mm-hmm. just one behind for the women each time again i know the comparison's a little loose you can't really make that strong of an argument or comparison that you're going to see that again it's okay for a layman we'll forgive but you. I, I think it's something to at least point out and say does this pattern continue do we see them competing if you know these kind of numbers stay proportionally competition wise and all that sure. kind of stuff this is the pattern we're going to see the rest of the season just yeah. things that i like to to, to watch for well, the good news is Auburn's got one week off, and then they go back to back to action, you know, as, as all y'all sports people like to say. Wait, wait, all you sports people, are you not a sports people too? Nah, I'm a dweeb. Yeah, you um, <laughs> Auburn returns to action on October 1st. They go to the Notre Dame invite, which is obviously in South Bend, Indiana. So looking forward to it's that. It's going to be nice and cool up there compared to that. Humidity yeah. It's nice here It'll right now. It'll probably be perfect weather, honestly. Might October be. 1st in Indiana, mm-hmm. that's top nine and they typically run these in the morning time right usually usually i guess not yeah. always the case but maybe it'll be mid-morning okay i would hope so it'd probably be on the slightly chilly side there to go up there to you know do a couple hail marys with notre dame oh i was trying to make gosh. a notre dame joke and it was bad but anyway so it's i mean you know it's really weird you go from talent you go from alabama type of conditions and terrain to tallahassee and florida now you're going up to notre dame so we're just going all over the place i think it's going to be great so we're looking forward to that. War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.